Hello, everyone. I'm Ross Brown from the Southwest Cyber Resilience Centre, and I'd like to welcome you all to the latest in a series of podcasts uh, that we've held from the Southwest Cyber Resilience Centre. Uh, don't worry if you haven't caught all of the podcasts, as you have access to them via our website, uh, which is www.swcrc.co.uk or through Buzzsprout. If you and your business uh, haven't joined the SWCRC as yet, don't forget our core membership is absolutely free and we provide you with National Cybersecurity Centre products to keep you and your business safer online. Uh, the podcast uh, that we're uh, covering now is entitled Penetration Testing. Keith Buzzard has kindly uh, agreed to join us um, on this podcast. Keith is the CTO for Protection Group International, who are a global leader in cybersecurity. If you have any questions, please email us at inquiries at swcrc.co.uk and we'll endeavour to answer them. Um, Keith, thanks ever so much for joining us this morning. Um, and thank you for agreeing to uh, talk to us about penetration testing. I mean, penetration testing is a term banded about uh, a lot within cybersecurity. What does it actually entail? So penetration testing is where a security professional comes along and looks at your organisation through the eyes of a criminal, a nerd who wants to break in, and within certain rules, if agreed in advance, they will go through that process, they'll document that, report it, explain back to you what they've achieved, and help you to assess what you can do about this. Normally they then hand over to an internal team who takes the report and performs the actions. And that, in a nutshell, is a penetration test. Um, how, how would you say that it compares to a vulnerability assessment, Keith? Okay, so this is a question we get frequently, and it's around bioeducation for us, but it's a matter of cybersecurity mysticism. The two get confused because it's easy on the face of it. Uh, it's like we can have a meal, we can go to a restaurant, or we can have a takeaway. Actually, they're very different under the hood. A vulnerability assessment is a largely automated process, it's quicker, it's cheaper, and somebody will point a tool at the right target, press go, it'll go away, it'll churn, it'll produce a result. The result, the result will be exported, it may have an editing process, and it'll be handed with the result of the tool. It's quicker, it's cheaper, it's faster. It doesn't necessarily mean it's better, and because it's performed by a machine, it loses some context. And that's part of the value of having a penetration test for the human. The human is able to look at the results and go, well, that result is obviously wrong. These tools are produced by large companies, often in America. And as professionals, sometimes we look at our tools, we look at the results and we just go, no. And that's part of the difference between a penetration test and a vulnerability assessment. You're paying for that skilled, knowledgeable human to go through and interpret the results for you. Just like you wouldn't go and have an X-ray and look at the X-ray yourself and attempt to diagnose yourself, the penetration tester is there to sit between the tool and the uh, customer and give them their interpretation, which can be extremely valuable. Or in other situations, it's of less value and the customer does benefit from having a vulnerability assessment. When should I, if I'm, if I'm in a, a, a carrying out my own business, when, when should I have um, a penetration test um, carried out? It, should I wait till I've, I've been attacked or, or is it a preemptive measure? It's very much a preemptive measure. The idea is that a penetration tester comes around, does a security assessment and tells you where the problems are so you can fix them before they occur. So it's all about getting into the mindset of an attacker before you're attacked. Therefore, after an attack has taken place, they can have value to figure out how an attacker might have done it. 
There's other options we'd suggest first normally. The other thing I'll say is a penetration test does have a cost. And it's one of those things you might perform near the start of your security program. But generally, most organisations will know the things they need to do first, in which case, do them first. The penetration test, although it's not a test in a pass or fail sense, is a test. And you do your preparation for a test like you would for anything else. So pause, figure out the obvious things, implement them, then have the test. For a penetration tester, the best test, or in some ways the most boring, is where the client has everything perfectly secured. They don't find anything, and then they go back and report, I couldn't get in because, and there's a long list of good reasons. And that's a wonderful report to receive as a security manager. So even in that scenario, you're getting value because you've demonstrated with an external audit that you're secure. Right. You, you, I mean, you mentioned uh, that, that you're getting value for it. Is it something that can be quite expensive or, or, or is it um, readily achievable? Expense really depends upon the complexity of what you're testing and a number of other metrics around it. The biggest thing for us is the amount of time the tester spends doing the test. That's one of our key inputs for our pricing. But there's another number of other things that you can do to help this, very tightly defining what you're looking at, what you're not looking at. And if we delve into it, there's actually two types of penetration testing, known as black box and white box testing. A white box test, you tell us about all the systems that are in place, and then we can go through and test those systems. The alternative is black box, where you tell us nothing, and we go through the discovery process of figuring out what to attack, how to attack it, where to attack it. A black box test sounds much more realistic, and a lot of customers are drawn to this because it sounds like the real deal. The problem with the black box test is our poor tester has to go away and find out a huge pile of information. It's not technically difficult, it's not demanding, but it's slow. And because you're paying for the time, we'd encourage customers to go for a white box test to tell us the details and let the person figure out what they can do once they've got that knowledge. We work on the assumption that a bad guy could figure that out. They will figure it out but to reduce cost. If we're told it, we can skip that step and everybody benefits. It isn't where the value is of doing the penetration test for the customer. So certainly your advice would be to go for white box because it, it takes out of all of those um, sort of tedious processes that you have to go through uh, with, with, with the black, top, black box testing. So, yeah, that, that, they're not that just, sounds... They're, they're not just tedious. They're also expensive for the customer. And there's no value there. It's all about trying to deliver value. We're a consultancy business. All penetration testing businesses are consultancy. And consultants don't want to waste their time. They don't want to waste the customer's time or incur cost. We want to do a good job. Um, so, again, probably going back slightly, uh, when is a good time, uh, say I'll just start up a business, is it a good time to, to get that penetration done, uh, testing done early? say I know any pitfalls or, or is it better to wait until perhaps I'm slightly um, uh, slightly more secure in, in what I'm doing in my in business terms? I, I don't know. So what I want to tell you is you should have a penetration test done at the start, you should have a penetration dust done at the middle, you should, you should have penetration testing done constantly. That's just not realistic. A penetration test measures your security at the time we perform the test. So unless you have a vast budget, it's worth thinking about this in the sense of when is the best time to get checked, when things are stable. As a new business, you're setting up and you're going through a huge amount of change. And to be frank, the test that we do will not reflect the systems that you have the next day. So it's worth thinking about 
have I reached a point of business stability in my processes, in my IT? And that's definitely time to get a test done. You might consider a vulnerability assessment before you reach that point of stability, but a penetration test, because it's a little bit more expensive, my advice would be wait until you've reached a point of maturity. Once you've done that, anytime you have a big significant system change, you change your processes, or on a regular basis, opinions vary. I'd love to see a test every quarter. If you can do one every year, that's not a bad target for a small company. The aim here is to understand this is a risk management activity. And if you spend your whole budget on penetration testing, what budget is left to fix the problems that we find? There isn't any. So you haven't got the real value at the test. So it's a balance and you shouldn't be spending all of your budget on testing. No, I mean, and that makes sense, actually. And perhaps not something that everybody would consider that you need to keep that sort of block of money um, back in order to remedy um, any, any deficiencies in the system that, that, that you as the penetration tester have found. Is, it, is there anything, any sort of one golden nugget, if you like, that you can uh, tell our listeners that they really should be, be, be looking at um, in, in terms of their own um, cybersecurity, probably prior to a penetration test? So actually, one of our big bits of advice, and you've had a podcast about this previously, is do your cyber essentials. Uh, very much as the people on that one's mentioned, it's not a bulletproof solution, but it covers the low-hanging fruit. And almost certainly, if you're missing anything inside of the cyber essentials, the penetration testers can pick it up and talk about it in their report. By hitting those low-hanging fruit, you'll be able to protect yourself, and then we can add value on top. Because otherwise, the recommendations you're going to get will be very familiar to anybody who's read that standard. No, no, that, that makes sense. So, and, and certainly that's a message that we try and get out um, to, to everybody who, who's joined us as members and, and, and those who haven't is, is Cyber Essentials is certainly the, uh, the, the, the base level qualification to, to aim for. Um, uh, Keith, we, we, we've spoken a lot and I've asked you a number of questions um, this, uh, on this particular podcast. Is there anything that I've missed out and anything that you, you feel the listeners um, need to know? So one of the things I think it's important to discuss is around quality and professionalisation. Penetration testing is a relatively new industry. I say that it has been around for a long period of time now, but it's still relatively new. Regulations within the field aren't as strong as within some other professions. So things to look for are the qualifications of the people performing the test. There's a number of different qualifications out there. There's things such as certified ethical hacker. This is a qualification. It's global. There is also a number of UK-specific qualifications, uh, which come under a number of different accreditation schemes. And these can either credit individuals or the company performing the testing. The best known one uh, is actually CREST. It was formerly the Council of Registered Ethical Security Testers, and they accredit the company and the individuals performing the test. There's a number of other schemes out there, such as Cyber Scheme, that accredit the individuals performing the test. And actually, at the end of the day, what you are paying for is a process which is performed by the company through individuals. So the individual's qualifications become interesting and so does the company. I would encourage people that are buying these to look at Crest registered firms, perform penetration testing, because there you're able to say somebody external who is knowledgeable, has audited the firm and says that they perform a good service. In that way, buyers can be confident what they're getting is a good service and Crest take care of all the downstream accreditation of the individuals. Other accreditation schemes do exist, 
but it's one of the oldest, most well-recognised, and is also used by the UK government. As such, it's one of the examples of excellence that we as an industry be able to perform. Because otherwise, you have no idea whether what you've procured is a good test or a bad test. Actually, as an industry, we want people to get good tests, and that's why we have an industry body to regulate ourselves. Fantastic. And, and, and what very sound advice, Keith. Thank you very much indeed. And, and obviously, if, um, if, you, if you, the, the, the listener, have any questions, um, please uh, uh, come through us. Um, you can come through uh, our email address of inquiries at swcrc.co.uk. And if you've got any um, questions specific to Keith, then we can certainly route them through to Keith at Protection Group International. Um, so all that needs to be done then is, is to say thank you once again uh, to Keith. That's been a hugely useful um, podcast. And, and thank you for, for the uh, considerable um, knowledge that you put into this. Um, and... Uh, we hope you catch our next podcast coming soon. Don't forget, if you haven't already joined us as a free call member, just go to our website, www.swcrc.co.uk. Uh, you'll get your NS, uh, National Cyber Security Centre products, uh, which will make your business stay safer online. So I just conclude in saying stay safe online. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs>